Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the scriptures. My Bible Study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Greatest fears people fear being forgotten. You know, we fear death because it means that ultimately we're going to be buried in a box in a grave and the world's going to go on without us and we will eventually be forgotten about. Well, I wouldn't do that to my family. I'll remember, I'll go put flowers at the grave and I'll remember their birthdays. Okay, well, if you doubt what I just said, go to any old graveyard and look at the tombstones of those who were buried, say, in the early 1800s when this nation was being expanded and settled. Who are these people? Where did they come from? What were they like? What did they do? The greatest question is, does anybody remember them today? Unless they're famous, you know, like a, you know Abraham Lincoln or General Grant or something like that, the answer is no. And if you go back far enough you will find thousands and thousands of graves of people who've been forgotten. They lived, they died, but it's as if they were never here at all because they've been forgotten about. And when the text tells us that God remembered Noah, it doesn't mean that God had forgotten about Noah. Oh, oh, Noah, oh, I forgot about you, Noah. No, it simply means that in the midst of the great flood, God stayed true to his promises he made to Noah. That's basically what it's saying. God remembered the promises that he made to Noah. That's what it's saying here. Now, he had promised to deliver Noah, deliver his family, and all those animals. And during the flood, with all of its destruction, the Lord looked down on the earth and remembered to have mercy on eight people floating in a huge barge with all those animals. You know, Maybe Noah felt forgotten by God. Well, if so, he's in good company because the greatest prophets and saints talked about in the Bible felt the same way. One man wrote of the dark night of the soul when he felt completely alone and abandoned. The Psalms are full of statements like that. You know, think about Psalms 42, verses 9 and 10. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Must I go about mourning, oppressed by my enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where's your God? The most famous one is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Right? That's the supreme example of a righteous man who is God, feeling abandoned by his heavenly Father. And the darkest moment is he's hanging on that cross. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? I mean, our text contains an important message of hope right here. In the midst of the judgment happening on the face of the planet, God always remembers mercy. He remembers those who suffer. He remembers those who keep their eyes on him, and he keeps his eyes on them. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. If you remember to keep your eyes on God, God will keep his eyes on you. Praise the Lord. 
He loves us. Hallelujah. Though people suffer tremendous things and feel forgotten, God will never abandon them. He will never abandon you. doesn't matter what you're going through. God will never abandon you. Just as God remembered Noah, so he'll remember you and I. Praise the Lord. There's no trial, nothing you can do that is so severe that it can separate you from the God who loves us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, in 8.1, it says he sent a wind and made it pass over the earth. This is very specific. God sent a wind that blew across the face of the whole earth, the whole planet, and it caused the floodwaters to begin to recede. We studied last time about the caverns that had emptied out. Well, now there's these huge chasms, and that allows the water to start seeping back in and filling those underground uh, chasms back up again. And we understand that today. That's why you can have wells dug out in the middle of a desert and find water, because there is underground water there. But this speaks to God's authority over the forces of nature. I mean, he commanded the wind to blow. Then he said to the waters, settle down. And they settled down. <laughs> Jesus demonstrated that when he, he was, you know, they said, God, don't you, you know, Jesus, don't you care we're about to drown? He said, peace, be still. And the wind stopped. The waters calmed down. There was calm on the face. Well, hello, where did Jesus get that from? Right there in Genesis chapter 8. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Amen. Hallelujah. But at his command, the water level began to decrease. And we should learn from this that when affliction and problems arise, once they're completed, once the purpose for it has been fulfilled, it'll be removed from us. Whether it's in sickness or ill fortune or bad circumstances created by bad choices, hateful opposition, even bad weather, when God's purpose for that has been served, the hard times will go away. I mean, you've heard my story. About, you know, God telling me uh, about 18 months before we actually made the move from Texas to Maryland, we needed to move. And I resisted it. And things started snowballing out of effect till eventually I was forced to move here. You know, and I could have still resisted, but I decided to relent. And as soon as we got here, things started working out again because I was back in God's will. And look what we're doing today. This would not have been possible. What we're doing today, preaching to the, the gospel around the world, would never have happened if I'd have stayed in Texas. It just wouldn't have. God would have found someone else to do what needed to be done. But anyway, that's, that's getting off track. I want to jump back in here to Genesis chapter 8. It's significant that the flood just did not disappear. It's gone. Okay, time's up. Let's go ahead and get rid of this water. Water be gone. Psh, all done. Ark's down and sun comes out. And two days later, Noah's out of the ark. It didn't, do, it didn't happen that way. It just did, did not disappear one day. The waters rose slowly and they fell slowly. Even so, God usually works deliverance for us gradually, little by little, day by day, step by step. We don't get into trouble overnight. You won't get out of trouble overnight either. You know, some have developed lung cancer from years of smoking. 
Some have developed liver disease from years of drinking alcohol. Some have run up, run up huge amounts of debt. And now they're wondering how they're going to get it all paid off. It can't happen. Just like you, you, you ran up the credit cards, you know, $7 at a time or whatever. You got to pay it off a little bit at a time too. Unless, you know, God just blesses you with a huge supernatural deliverance and you pay them all off at one time. But typically if it takes you 10 years to run up debt, it's going to take you 10 years to pay it down. Bless God. Right? None of these things happen in the blink of an eye. They just progress over time. To pay off that debt, it'll take you a little while to do it. Well, that's how God did Noah in the flood. The flood took weeks to reach its height. Now it's going to take some time to recede as well. But God gave Noah a sign. Noah was looking for signs that you know the flood was coming to an end. I'm sure he was tired of being around those animals every day and every night. We can't even we can't even imagine the smell in that ark or any other aspect of living in there. there there's no way our human minds, with what we understand as being you know in in the world today, there is no way we could understand what Noah was going through on that ark. Absolutely impossible. We can't imagine the smells of, and all the other aspects of, of what he was dealing with on a day-by-day -day basis without even seeing what the outside world was going on. I mean, no doubt he was ready to see the family have a little bit of elbow room, okay? I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, well, I'm positive Noah was ready to get out, right? I mean, he obviously had noticed that the rain, that the, the rain and the winds had stopped. He may have even climbed up to peek out the little window and he noticed the sun shining and smooth seas. Then eventually uh, he sent out a raven. And since ravens feast on rotting flesh, no doubt they had plenty to eat. That's why the raven didn't come back. I mean, it, it flew back and forth, but it didn't return to the ark. And then the first time Noah sent out a dove, it came back because the water wasn't low enough yet. There was no place for it to land. The second time the dove returned with an olive leaf. Okay, that told Noah that, hey, there's land somewhere and plants are beginning to grow again. And then the third time he sent out the dove, it didn't come back at all. Noah knew then that the end of that flood was pretty near because now the bird had a place where it could stay and nest. But why did he send the birds out in the first place? Well, the answer is simple. And sometimes it's easy to overlook. I want you to notice this. God had told Noah when the flood was going to start, but never told him when it was going to end. Think about that. He needed to know the approximate date that it was going to begin so he could build the ark in time and have everything ready in time. But God never told him how long the flood was going to last because he didn't need to know. Think about that. There are things God has told you to prepare. He said, this is what I need you to do. Dot, 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 dot. And you're preparing for it. And then when things happen that puts this plan into action, it doesn't, God doesn't say, you know, that this is going to end on this date. That's why you're, you're preparing for this. You need to be prepared to go until it's over. And you don't know how long that's going to be. You know, I, I think we can relate to Noah's intention here. I mean, we can endure, we can endure almost anything 
there are times when you know I've had some type of a procedure done and they can't for whatever reason they can't knock me out I'm not going to go into details on that so you're awake during this procedure and when they're actually getting in there digging around you're like mm, you know and, and you know the doctor's saying you know another 30 seconds I'll be done just hang in there you know you're but you're knowing okay 30 seconds this thing will be over with and then no I didn't have that okay I mean that that example applies to sickness personal pain broken relationships trouble at work financial problems even watching our loved ones suffer at the end of their life whatever it is we can take it because we know you know that two weeks from Tuesday all this will be over with Often it's not the knowing that wears us down. We just watch and wait and wonder when it's going to be over with and pray that this will go away. And it just gnaws as, when is this going to be over? That's the problem we have. And our chief question is always, when will this end? The answer is always, in God's time, not one day sooner, not one day later. But when God says it's over, it's over. Now, that doesn't make it any easier as you're going through things. Nothing can rush, change, or hinder God's designs. In our doubt and our confusion, we rest only on this truth. God can make the dry ground appear anytime he wants to do so. Praise the Lord. We may feel forgotten. We may feel abandoned. I'm sure Noah did in the flood. But the dry land will appear in due time. Hallelujah. Notice also that Noah didn't get out of the ark for a long time, even after it came to rest. Even after the first land appeared. I think after a year on the ark, I'd have jumped over to side saying, Hallelujah, there's land over there. Let's swim over to the dry land and get out of this thing. But Noah still had a lot of waiting to do. And this should not surprise us. In the course of life, God often delays his mercy in order that we could properly and should properly thank him for when his mercies finally appear. We pray, Lord, help us. And the next day we pray, Lord, have mercy. And the next day we cry, Lord, hear my prayer. Sometimes we're compelled to pray the same thing over and over and over for days and weeks and months or years. All this really is for our ultimate benefit. His answers are delayed in order that his sovereignty might be established. His God. I mean, he's God, we're not. right? He knows. You know, the Bible says he will not put more on you than he knows you're able to endure. Praise God for that scripture. That's got me through more things I could even tell you about. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. 
Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.